thank you, choir. Well, and that's the truth, isn't it? Everybody ought to know who Jesus is and uh, at least have the opportunity to hear the gospel one time. Huh? And so we thank God for you being here. Good to see everybody tonight. Uh, and I know today has been fast for you, and you just run in here to and fro. You're like the devil going everywhere, aren't you? Amen. Well, let's stand, if you will. We're going to welcome everybody, and thank you for being here tonight. Praise God for his goodness to us. And just thank God that, hey, you know what? Uh, it's the day that he hath made. Uh, not, not the president, not uh, um, Mr. Putin over in Russia. It's the day the Lord hath made. Now, what do you do when the Lord makes a day? You rejoice and be glad in it. Amen? So thank the Lord for that. Well, Tony, you come lead us in prayer, and then you can lead us in a song. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for another blessed day. Lord, another day of opportunity. Lord, another day to be able to serve you. The King of kings and the Lord of lords. Father, tonight I thank you for what we've heard this morning. But Lord, we need something fresh tonight. Lord, we need you to stir our hearts. Lord, maybe convict our hearts. Father, may we need you to create in us a clean heart. Lord, restore the joy of your salvation to us. Father, help us to realize what we have in Christ. Lord, and never take it for granted. Father, I pray for Brother Dan tonight as he preaches. Lord, I pray that you'll use him in a great way. Father, give him that freedom. Lord, that unction. Lord, that you'll just preach through him. Father, bless the ministry that they're in. Lord, just continue to use them, uh, supply the needs that they have. And again, Father, bless our time together. Bless every phase of this service, Lord, the singing and the preaching. And Father, we're going to give you the glory for it. For it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Take your hymnal and go to page 370. 370. Amen. We'll sing verses 1, 2, and 5. I know not why God's wondrous grace to me he hath made known, nor why unworthy Christ in love redeemed me for his own. But I know on whom I have believed and am persuaded that he is able to keep that I've committed unto him against that day. I know not how this saving faith to me he did impart, nor how believing in his word brought peace within my heart. But I know that he is able to keep that which I've committed unto him against that day. I know not when my Lord may come at night or noonday fair, nor if I walk the veil with him or meet him in I've committed unto him against that day. 
You can be seated. Well, I just started thinking about that second verse as we were singing it. I know not how the saving faith to me he did impart, nor how believing in his word wrought peace within my heart. You know, sometimes when you stop and just think about it and you consider, why would the Lord save me? How in the world could he save me? And, you know, we just have to take it by faith. We have to accept God and his word, that this is what God's word says, and God's word said it, and that settles it. And we just believe it by faith. It's just like getting that automobile and pulling out on that two-lane road and just trusting that automobile as you steer it to keep you in the right lane. You, you put a lot of faith in that thing. It's putting faith in God, putting faith in God's word and what he said. And he's, he's a, it's a more sure word of prophecy. We just got to take him in his word and believe him, amen? And uh, that's a great song, boy, I tell you, about salvation. And we praise God for it. Well, let's go to the Lord in prayer for the offering. How about Brother Mark leading us in prayer tonight? Yes, Lord. Yes, Father. Amen.
turn to page 279 there in your hymnal, 279, just remain seated, we're going to sing all three verses, all three verses. I come to the garden alone, while the dew is still on the roses, and the voice I hear falling on my ear, the Son of God discloses.
bless you. Amen. And his name shall be called Wonderful. Yes. Wonderful. Amen. Well, are you glad to be here tonight? Amen. Amen. Well, let's stand. We're going to shake hands. If you're able to uh, stand, let's, let's shake hands here in just a moment. But Tony's going to lead us in a course. Amen. Page 288, if you want to need the verse to it, uh, to everybody ought to know, we'll sing uh, the first verse of the Everybody ought to know, everybody ought to know, everybody ought to know who Jesus is. He's the lily of the valley, he's the bright and morning star.
Amen. I'm glad I'm saved, aren't you? Amen. I tell you, church I grew up in, uh, well, not grew up in, but I was in there a lot as a teenager. Folks stand up, they just testify. Lord, thank the Lord for saving me. And maybe we ought to get back to that some, you know. But I, I just think, I'm, I'm so glad I'm saved and know the Lord and um, part of his church and uh, have the knowledge of salvation, have a copy of his word we've been talking about this weekend. And God leads us and guides us and directs us by his spirit. He's given us a victory as we learned in Sunday school over the old sin nature in our lives if we yield to him. And Lord, God's been good to us and uh, so thankful tonight. Uh, well, take your bulletin if you would, please. And I want to bring a few things to your attention. I hate to report to you tonight that uh, on this third vote for this gambling bill that uh, our congresswoman voted for it a third time, Ms. Campbell. And so that's a shame. But uh, so I got a text this week or yesterday, actually, um, from Brother Byron. And so um, we had a, a significant shift, but it wasn't enough to stop the bill. Um, the first vote was 65, 34 to 1. The last vote was 49, 43 to, and 8. So there was a turn of folks backing off on not supporting it, which is helpful because it's now on the governor's desk. It's been sent to the governor. And so um, we're going to ask you if you would call the governor's office and, you know, be nice about it, be Christian about it, and just say, hey, we, we're praying that God would give him the ability uh, and the courage, really, he has the ability, but the courage to veto it. And uh, there's going to be a lot of things come across his desk, and uh, I know it's going to be hard to veto everything, but if it's bad and it's wrong, it needs to be vetoed. And just pray that God will give him strength. And listen, let's do our part because what we've been doing is helping. And so, um, and so I've got a, a list here of who voted for what, I mean, who voted yay and who voted nay. And uh, praise God for Chris Runyon, <laughs> he voted nay on it. Uh, how many is your, uh, Chris Runyon, is he your, okay, a couple of you, yeah, he voted the right way on it. And so we need to be aware of these things. And so let's, if you can this week, uh, please um, call the governor's office. I think I read somewhere this week that that bill can't be on his desk more than seven days or it automatically becomes law if he doesn't do anything with it. I think I read that this week somewhere. And so uh, he has to do something with it. And so tomorrow, if you can, uh, it's very easy. If you've got a, a mobile device, Google the governor's office. And he's not going to answer the phone, obviously, but he's got people there, and they're tracking this stuff. Honestly, they're tracking the number of calls that come in and who's calling. And, uh, and, and, and it's, it's helps. So please, uh, let's do our part. And, uh, and if it's... If it, if he doesn't, hey, we've done our part, and that's what we're supposed to do. And so if you would, please uh, do that this week, and that would be very, very helpful, okay? And so I want you to be pr praying for our missionaries um, this week. And so I'll tell you a little bit about uh, what's going to happen next Sunday. So Brother Harding is going to be here. He's going to be our speaker for the entire conference, Brother Chuck Harding. And so uh, I know you're going to enjoy him, and so uh, be praying for him. Uh, we have a family coming in on Monday, the Wilts. Um, or they're presenting Monday, the Wilts, they're starting a church. This is their second church plant in New York City. As a matter of fact, today, their 13-year-old um, daughter, uh, Alethea, is having her last cancer treatment today. And so, um, and so she's 13 years old. They've got another, I'm sorry, she's nine. They have Hezekiah 13, Alethea 9, Zion 5. And so Alethea's having her last cancer treatment today, sort of like Chloe. This whole situation, she's a little bit older. And so uh, they're with us Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Going to be presenting on Monday. Be praying for them. The Fergusons, they're actually playing a church right here in King William, Virginia. 
And so he and his wife will be with us. Uh, he's going to uh, commute over uh, during the week um, and so because uh, of the work situation. But they'll be with us on uh, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. Another conference on Wednesday will be praying for them. And then Chris and Nadine Messick, uh, they have a daughter coming with them, Mary. She's 18. They're church, uh, planning a church in Canada, and they're out of Andy and Josie Nisley's church there. And so uh, they'll be with us uh, all week. And so be praying for these folks, if you would, please. And um, that God would just move in our hearts uh, in a special way in our missions conference. Get on board with this missions and the faith promise. Uh, and ask God to, to give you an amount, uh, to put in your heart, in your mind, an amount. And, um, and then just start giving it. And watch the Lord supply it. How many of you guys would, would raise your hand and say, you know what, I've, I've prayed about an amount in the past and God's met it every single time. Yeah, God has and he will. And... Um, and it's a sacrificial giving, it's a, it's, a, it's a faith giving, but I'm amazed at how God meets the needs at times and um, when we don't expect it. And uh, maybe I'll, I'll say, well, I gotta give this because it's, it's my commitment and then later he gives me that amount because he, he provides it. And so, um, so you, um, you pray about all that if you would please. And so next Sunday we'll have our regular Sunday school hour at, uh, at 10 o'clock, we'll have combined classes up here and Brother Harding will be speaking in our 10 o'clock hour. And then at 11 o'clock hour, he'll be speaking as well. And so we'll be doing sort of a parade of states. And so if some of you uh, wouldn't mind carrying a flag, it'd be helpful tonight if you'd tell Meredith, hey, I'll be willing to, to uh, carry a flag on, on Sunday. And uh, if you don't, we're going to just grab you on Sunday and have you grabbed it anyway. So you might as well just tell her tonight, all right, so you don't get pulled on Sunday unexpectedly because we're going to grab you on Sunday anyway. And so uh, and we'll, we'll get that uh, put up. And emphasizing all these guys are church planners um, in America, one in Canada, of course, the Messics in Canada. And so uh, it's going to be a great, great day. And we've, we kind of usually have a meal on Saturday, but we're, we're doing things a little different to kind of not have you come out another night. So we're going to switch that, do the two services on Sunday morning, have the meal. So have our, our missionary meal on Sunday afternoon uh, as a fellowship and do it that way. And then we're going to hit it Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday at 7 o'clock. And so we'll try that and uh, hopefully it'll help. And so uh, please be praying for the meeting, all right? And then uh, we're in this Easter egg fundraiser for camp and for the missions trip. So if, if you'd help out that, that'd be great. Those will be delivered on the 21st. Our Phil America event, our uh, uh, rally with Brother Reno will be coming in. And we're excited for him. He's going to be preaching our uh, sunrise service on Easter Sunday. I told him, I said, that's Easter weekend. Are you sure you want to come? Yeah, I want to come. And as long as Pastor's okay with it, that's what he said. I said, Pastor's okay with it. And so uh, he'll be with us. This is the way it fell this week, this year. And so uh, please remember that and be praying for all that. Um, we've got a sign-up sheet down here for the rafting trip. We'll have one up for Sight and Sound. It's going to be May 31st, so think about that, to see um, Daniel and uh, keep that in, in the back of your mind. Um, if you're interested in helping uh, with some meals for Arlen Diane, uh, being on next uh, Monday the 11th, uh, we've got some things set up already till then, but on the 11th, if you'll please just call Diane, okay? And that'd be helpful, so if you're interested in doing something like that, uh, Please call Miss Diane to get that set up because she knows what's going on with that. And then um, happy birthday this week to Katie. She's got a birthday on the 4th. Uh, happy birthday to Daphne on the 7th. And we missed putting the bulletin, but Miss Teresa's got a birthday on the 8th. And so uh, happy birthday to Miss Teresa on the 8th, all right? And she, this morning she said she was 29 and old is what she told me. And so uh, <laughs> we just kidding about it. But uh, we want to ask her how old she is, and uh, we're not going to make her tell us, amen? All right, so uh, happy birthday to you folks, and congratulations, okay? Don't forget uh, this um, um, wedding invitation uh, for uh, Abigail and Mitchell. 
It's May 17th, uh, 2 o'clock in the afternoon at uh, the New Freedom Baptist Church in Mobridge. Am I saying that right? Mobridge, uh, okay, South Dakota. And so I know uh, most of you won't be able to travel out there. Uh, but if you do, RSVP by text day, April 15th, all right, if you desire to go. And uh, they said if you, anybody wanted to go, you could ride with them. No, they didn't say that. I'm just kidding. <laughs> just kidding. But you could follow them, right? They could probably follow you out there. Are you flying? No, you're driving. Yeah. You could follow them out there if you want to go. But listen, they are registered uh, at Amazon and Walmart. And so it would be nice of us, to, uh, all that we can, to go in there and, and uh, give them a little something. That would be perfect and encourage them along the way, all right? God provides through his people, amen, and uh, we appreciate you getting involved with that. All right, why don't you stand with us one more time, and uh, Brother Tony's going to come lead us another song. Page 385, 385, we'll sing verses 1 and 4, 1 and 4. <clears throat> church every year and he said last year I went to this church and he said this man in the church had just joined the church about three or four years before that and he said he brought to me about four notebooks complete notebooks full of Adrian Rogers outlines he said I I was in Bellevue for years and he said I got every sermon he preached in outline form and Don McCann said I told him right there so I'll give you $300 for him there's about five notebooks. He said, no, sir. He said, nope, they're mine. And, I, and, and he said, you know, they were just detailed notes. And he said, he wouldn't sell them to me. And so he said, next year, I offered him more money, and he still wouldn't take them. 
and uh, he said, uh, uh, I, I treasure these. These were my training notes. And so get, get good notes. Take good notes. That way you're able to go back and refer to them uh, down the road. You say, well, Brother Rader, uh, I can't follow your outlines. Well, I'm sorry about that. Amen. Amen. You have to talk to the Lord about that, not me. All right. You can follow Lane's outlines, amen, all right, because he gives them to you in detail, amen, all right. Well, Meredith's going to sing, and then Brother uh, Dan Stroop is going to come preach for us tonight, and uh, you be praying for Brother Dan Hummel. Uh, he had to go back home this afternoon. His dear wife is uh, sick and needed his help, and so uh, you be praying for him. Be praying for Beacon of Truth. I'll tell you what, these men are on the road all the time. They're, every every week, except for maybe a few weeks out of the year, they're, they're on the road. And you be praying God give them safety. And uh, then God give them physical strength. And God keep them spiritually strong, if you will. Brother Dan, you come and you can preach in just a moment. Meredith. Everything that's holy and control would preachers say. But God still has a few good men who won't bend, won't bow, won't burn. They will fight to the end to defend that faith until the day that the whole world learns. <clears throat> there are things we won't give over. There are things we're fighting for. The book and the blood. And the devil press on, try to tear our 
in this book. The only way we're going to know where to stand and how to stand for God is right here in this book. It's the only way. The only way. Brother Lane, you said something tonight that I, I, I want to question. You said that when you grew up, have you? <laughs> I was just wondering. I mean, I heard that said tonight. I was just wondering if you really had or not. I just wanted to ask that. But, uh, oh my, isn't it good to be in God's house? Amen. Amen. You know, we, Brother Dan mentioned it this morning. I, I'll say it again, but there's a few churches that we go into. And we, I, it, preacher was saying about how the traveling we do. We are in 40 to 42 churches every year. And we finish the week before Thanksgiving and don't do anything until after the first of the year. So then we, we don't have anything scheduled for Mother's Day, for Father's Day. So 42 weeks out of the year is almost all of them. And some of those are doubled up. We have, we have a meeting coming up where Doug's going to preach before Brother Dan and I get there. He's going to preach Sunday morning. We don't get there until Sunday afternoon. And so we're doubling some meetings up. We have more things going on. Uh, besides that, Matt's dad is driving our tractor trailer. Matter of fact, I guess he hasn't left yet, but he's leaving at three o'clock in the morning to go to Illinois to take a load of Bibles out there. Uh, he's been, he's late, he's laid off right now in the wintertime. So he's been driving for us. If he's not driving for us at least once a week, I'm going somewhere with the truck. We're putting miles on miles on miles on miles on every week. So you be praying for us. It's, uh, we travel up and down 81. I hate 81. I used to hate 95. I hate 81 worse than 95 anymore. It's, a, it's, the most, it's the biggest death trap out there. I hate to tell you that, but it is miserable. And um, we put a lot of miles on. And you be praying as we go up and down the road. But when we come into this church, this is one of the churches that we love to come to. We just do. This is one of the churches. We know where you stand. We know what's going on. We love your preacher. We love the folks that are here. We love coming to this church. There's only a few churches we say that about. We're in, and like I said, we're in 42 different churches every year. But we love to be here. And so uh, we, we appreciate y'all. We thank you for being here. We, we ask that you will just pray for us. We ask that you will continue to allow us to, to be able to work with us as we send the Bible out. Uh, we, are, we are going uh, places with the Bible. I, I'll be honest with you. This ministry, and you ask Brother Dan, he'll tell you, this ministry has grown more than anybody ever expected it to and grown faster than anybody's ever expected it to. Uh, we don't know how. I'll be honest with you. We don't know how or where the money comes from, but it's always there. Uh, truckload of paper, $38,000. We've already gotten five since, since I think the 1st of April, October. We've gotten five loads of paper already. Every time one comes, it's paid for. It's paid for. It's paid for. This building, he told you this morning, we've raised all that money, 300000 We need 25000 more, but we've raised $300,000. God's provided it. He's provided from his people. And it's not just that. We, we asked the question many times, my faith is small. <laughs> you start talking about big numbers. But God is faithful. He is faithful. He takes care of us. 
He does take care of us. I had a preacher recently tell me, and I, hey, this was not true with him, but you, you, ever, you ever try to define sanctification? You ever try to define it? I heard the best definition I've ever heard for sanctification. I'm going to give it to you. Here's the definition of sanctification. It's the Spirit of God taking the Word of God, making us more like the Son of God. Now think about that. It's the Spirit of God taking the Word of God, making us more like the Son of God. That's what sanctification is. That's not salvation. After, after we get saved, what God does to us and how His Spirit works within us, that's, where, that, that's what sanctification is all about. Keeping us clean, making us clean, making us present, presentable to the Father. Why, I ask this question, just I, I don't, don't want an answer. Why do we put church way down here on our list of priorities? Why do we take God's word and put it down here in a list of priorities? What's the first thing you grab when you get up in the morning? Other than your glasses so you can see or other than, other than your hearing aids that you can hear or other than your, you know, those things that you need to make you function in the morning. But why is it that the Bible's not important? You know, what an amazing thing today is the first thing most people do, they pick up their phone or check their Facebook. And I'm going to tell you something. Nothing of any importance happened from the time you went to bed till the time you got up in the morning. Absolutely nothing. There may be something on there, but nothing of any importance has happened. Not more important than this. Not more important than getting in God's Word. Not more important than praying. Not more important than anything that we do for God. Why is it that we put our church attendance, our Bible reading, our prayer time of less importance than everything else in our life? It amazes me, and as we think about it, we go, we get up every morning and go to work, and they're on time. But Sunday's my morning to sleep, which is more important. We need fellowship with other believers. We need to hear from the word of God. What's important in our life? Now, I know I'm speaking to the choir on Sunday night. I'm just asking a rhetorical question. What's more important? Take your Bibles tonight, if you wouldn't, turn to Psalms chapter 18. Psalms chapter number 18. This, psalm, this is a psalm of David. and I, I'll tell you what, it's packed full of stuff. We're not going to look at much of it tonight. We're going to look at the first six verses, but I, I, there's a lot in those first six verses too. And, uh, you know, you, you'll read some portion of the Bible and you get back there in some of the genealogies and you may read for a half hour and go, I'm not sure what I read. But I'm going to tell you what, when you get into the Psalms, there's very little that you read that there's not all kinds of things packed into that little one or two verses. And I want you to think about some of these as we read them tonight. But we're going to start in verse number six. I know I said we're going to hit the verse six verses and we are. But I want to start in verse number six. And this is what it says. In my distress, I called upon the Lord and, and cried unto my God. He heard my voice out of his temple and my cry came before him even into his ears. I, I want you to see the very first part of that is what it says is I cried in my distress. And I know there's no one here that's had any problems. 
I know there's no one here that suffered any turmoil, had any heartaches, had any, any, any deaths in their family, had, had any, any problems health-wise. I know there's no one here that's had any of those things. Yeah, right. But David said here he cried out from his, in his distress. In his, look, think about this. In his turmoil, in his problems, in his downfall, in his pain. He said, in my distress, I cried out to God. In his distress. When things were falling apart around him, he cried out to God. Where's the first place we go when we have problems? David said, I cried. The first part of that says that, and it says there, it says, in my distress, I called upon the Lord. But the very next part says, I cried unto my God. I lifted my voice up loudly to God. Hmm. I want to take a look tonight at the reason why David was able to cry out to God when he was in trouble. The very same reasons why we can cry out to God when we're in trouble. But it doesn't just happen. The problem of it is so many people want to cry out to God when they're in problems, but they can't reach him because there's too much sin between them and God. The problem of it is when we cry out to God so often, we, we go to him when we have problems and our life is falling apart. But we can't, we, we, we haven't been talking to him all along. So we can't get to him. Not that he doesn't hear us, we just forgot how to get to him. Because we haven't done it. So let's go to the Lord in prayer and we'll get started here this evening. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. What a joy, what a blessing. What a privilege it is to be in your word. It's not man's word, and we're so thankful, God, that you're a true, honest, perfect God. And as we look at your word tonight, Lord, I pray you'll work in each one of our hearts and each one of our lives. Guide us and direct us. Help us, Lord, to be, be, to be used in a great way. Help us, Lord, to know that we can come to you at any time with any problem that we have. Lord, I pray as we think about this tonight, as David cried out to you and you heard him. Lord, I pray that you'll hear our petitions and we'll know that we've met with you. In Jesus' name, amen. Go back to verse number four. We're going to read there what David was going through at that time. And it says, the sorrows of death compassed me. And the floods of ungodly men made me afraid. The sorrows of hell compassed me about. The snares of death prevented me. In my distress, in my problems, I called unto the Lord and cried unto my God, and he heard my voice out of his temple, and my cry came before him even into his ear. Think David was in trouble? <laughs> it says there that in his crying out and sorrows of death compassed them. The, problem, the problems of life were just coming in on him. I mean, he was ready to sink. 
It says there in the next part of verse number four, not just that. It says that the foundations also of the hills moved and were shaken. I felt like the walls were coming down. I felt like my life was, it was done. We've been in some tough spots. I go, could go around this room and some of you I know and I know some of the troubles and the problems that some of you have been through and some of the heartaches that you're in now and some of the pain that you're in and some of the surgeries you're facing and some of the things that you've already gone through and you have more to come about. But you know, none of us have been where David was. When was the last time you ran from a king that was throwing a spear at you? When was the last time that you had to hide out in a cave? When was the last time that you had to, you had to go and you had to uh, re, just go get your own people, your wife, your everybody, and bring them back because they'd been taken captive? We haven't seen that. And David said, my life is falling apart. But I cried to my God. And he heard me. He heard me. I cried to my God. And you're facing a surgery coming up. Difficult, hard, but I got a God that can hear me. I've got a family member that is on their deathbed. I don't know what to do, but I got a God. He can hear me. We've got children, maybe aren't doing what they're supposed to be doing. Our hearts are broken. But I got a God. And he'll hear me. I'm in financial despair. I don't know how I'm going to pay my next bill. I have a God. He'll take care of it. Every step of the way. And David said, in all the problems that I was having, my life felt like it was falling apart, but I cried to God. Wow. Look at verse number one. And we're going to see why David was able to cry out to God. It says in verse number one, I will love thee, O Lord. Look at that next two words. My strength. My strength. David said, you know what, Lord? You're my strength. And David realized that God was his strength. He knew that the Lord was his strength. And in we were going to go through our Bible, and I'm not going to have you turn to all these places, but in Joshua chapter number 14, verse 11, it said that God is my strength. In, in 2 Samuel 22, 23, it says God is my strength. Psalms 18, 32, there it says God giveth me with strength. Psalms 27 says the Lord is my strength. 28, 7 says, the Lord is my strength. Psalms 140, verse 7 says, oh God, the Lord, the strength of my salvation. David knew where his strength came from. It didn't come from him. David was a mighty man. But you know what? David knew he didn't kill Goliath. God did. David knew he wasn't the one in those battles when he went to battle and came back with victories. It was God that went before him. It was God that provided his strength, not he himself. When we get to the fact that we realize that we are nothing and God is everything, Amen. we'll find the strength of God. Amen. When we realize I can't do anything, 
It's not me. It's God in everything that we do. Take your Bibles, if you would, and turn to, turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse number 9. 2 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse number 9. I skipped over a bunch of the verses that are there. And you can go all through the Bible and find out places where it says God is my strength. But 2 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse number 9. I want you to see what Paul said here. And I think this is where we need to get to in our lives as far as our recognition of who God is. And here in this passage of Scripture, Paul has prayed to God to remove from him the problems that he was having. And in verse, number, in verse number 9, it says this, And he said unto me, being God, My grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in, the, in weakness. You know, our problem is we think we can do everything. Our problem, we think that we are somebody. We're nobody. God's everything. And David cried out, when he, when he cried out to God, he realized where his strength came from. There's, we have contractors in here. I got a question for you. Who runs your business? You? Or God. We have people here that work for someone. Who goes to work? You? Or does God go before you? Where's your strength at? And we get the attitude, that we, and I've seen it, and I think we've all taken this approach at one time or another, but this place wouldn't last without me. Oh, yes, it will. You know what? One of these days, we're not going to be here. And things will go on. Things will go on. Who goes before you? Is it you and your attitude and your ego? Or is it God? The only way we're going to get to that place is being right here in this book. We get, we get into God's word and we find out what God has to say to us. And Brother Dan mentioned it very much this morning that we need to be in God's word and know God's word and be speaking from God's word. And if we're in God's word, then when we go forward, it's God that's going before us, not us. But we get this, this idea that look at me, look what I've done, look where I am and look where, I, I, look where I'm going. Not without God. But in David talking about the strength that he had and what was going on, he mentioned some other things that he knew about God. And go back, if you would, to Psalms 18 there in verse number two. And I'm going to look at these things. And this is why David was able to go in his distress to God is what he understood and how he, how he understood God and how he had taken care of God in his life. But it says here in verse number two, it says, The Lord is my rock. Is the Lord your rock? Let's take a look at what a, what a rock is. A rock is something that is solid. It's unmovable in most cases. Oh, you can move it with a lot of work, but it's solid. Whenever you, you build a house, you've got to put a, a good foundation in. You've got to make sure you dig the foundation deep enough, and it changes for where you're at. But you got to get that foundation put in there right, or that house won't last. You got to have a good 
solid foundation. He says, my rock. You know what else a rock is? A rock is unmoving. When a rock is, when a rock is planted in the ground, when that foundation is put in the ground, it doesn't move. It's there. It's not like sand that blows around. The Bible talks about that. Man, the wise man built his house on a rock and the foolish man built his house on the sand. And we sing that song with the kids many times, but sometimes I think we need to go back to some of those child songs that we taught in Sunday school and take a hold of them now as an adult and see exactly what they meant. But that rock, he said, the Lord is my rock. He's my, he's solid. He's unmoving. He is a foundation. He is what I need in my life. Without God, I can do nothing. And David said, he is my rock. Is he your rock? Is he your foundation? He went on the next part of that and he said something else. He said, my God and, and my fortress. The idea, whenever the settlers went west and traveling and, and settling this country, they would go into an area and one of the first things they did is they built a fort. Yeah. They built a place that they had some protection from. Here, the idea of a fortress is this. A fortress is a place to keep the enemy out. Yeah. Keep the enemy out. That, he says what he said. He says, You're my, the Lord is my fortress. He's there to keep the enemy out and keep the enemy away from me. Think about that. Is he your fortress? Not just to keep them out. It was a stronghold. It was a place that while the enemy was trying to get at me or where I was able to stay behind a wall, that they couldn't just walk right in. There there, There was a barricade between me and the enemy. He was a stronghold. Keep him back. Keep him back. It also meant that I had some, and get this, this is good, had some safety. Had some safety. He's my fortress. He's my rock. He's my fortress. He's my foundation. He's my safety. Huh. But he didn't stop at that. He also said there that, and my deliverer. My deliverer? Well, wait a minute now. God's my deliverer. How's God my deliverer? Well, look at it this way. If you're thinking about him being your deliverer, guess what he is? He's your protector. He's your protector. If he's your deliverer, he is helpful. If he's your deliverer, he leads you. You know what? Whenever you, if you get lost out in the woods, the first thing everybody wants to do is panic. I've seen it happen over and over again. There's a place that we hunted up at, at, hunted in Pennsylvania. And I used to take guys in there hunting. The attitude was this. I'm going to put you in a spot. Stay there. At the end of the day, I'll come back and get you. If you leave here, you're on your own. We were hunting in 22,000 acres of nothing but laurel, and shrubs, and it was nothing to start walking through it and get stumbled and tied up and twisted around, and you didn't know where you were. Start stumbling through the woods and figure out you don't have a clue where you're at. 
I had a guy one day as I was coming out of the woods. He's coming through the woods literally in a run. He was in his mid-60s. He was soaking wet. And he was running. I stopped him. I said, where, where are you going? He said, I'm trying to get back to my truck. And he, I said, where's it at? And when he told me, I said, it's seven miles that way. He got lost. And he started to panic. And he was running through the woods trying to get out. Lost. You know what? He says he's my deliverer. He leads me one step at a time. The way you get delivered from that you, is someone's got to take you and lead you. In that same mountain one day, we didn't know why, but all of a sudden I'm sitting there and I hear this horrible sound. I mean horrible sound. And I cannot figure out what it is until all of a sudden an A-10 comes across and if you don't have never seen one, they're quite um, uh, scary looking too, but an A-10 come across the top of the mountain at, right at treetop, probably no more than about 200 feet over my head because someone got lost in those woods and they had a radar detector on that, on that bird that they were trying. He was, going, he was going as slow as he could without coming out of the sky scanning that entire mountain, trying to find somebody that gotten lost. But if we'll trust in our God as our deliverer, he will lead us one step at a time. And David said, he's my rock. He's my fortress. He's my deliverer. He knew who God was. Not only was he just his strength, he said, he's my rock. And he's my fortress. And he's my deliverer. He's the one that can get me out of every situation. He's the one that can keep me from the harms of each situation. He's the one that can make sure that I'm going in the right direction day in and day out. He is my God. What kind of God do you have? What kind of a God do you have? But David didn't stop at that. As he was talking about what was going on here in verse number two, he says, he's my rock, he's my fortress and my deliverer, my God, my strength. We already hit those two, but then he comes down there and this is what he says, in whom I will trust. Amen. When David said, wait a minute, he's my rock, he's my deliverer, he's, he's, my, he's my fortress, he's, he's my deliverer, he's my God, he's my strength. David said, I'm going to trust him. There's not many people you know you can trust. Sure can't trust a politician. They'll tell you one thing and do the exact opposite. The Bible says that it's better to put our confidence in God than it is in man. It's better to, it's better to put our trust in God than it is in man. We there, there's not a one of us that can be right all the time. There's not a one of us that haven't broken a promise at one time or another. But you know what? I know who he is. My God is faithful. My God is the one that is faithful and honest and true and perfect in everything he does. I can put my confidence and I can put my trust in him. But do we? But do we? A couple more things that David said here. And he said something about trust. 
But then he went on to say in that same verse, he's my buckler. <laughs> you know what a buckler is? He's the guy that holds the shield. He's the armor bearer. He's the one that goes before the guy in battle. You know, we are in battle. If you go to your Bible and you read it, it says that we are in a battle every day of our lives. What are we in a battle with? It's not a, it's not a battle with someone else. You know, uh, every one of us, if we, could, if we could see what we were fighting, it'd be a whole lot easier. We're fighting, fighting against principalities. We're, we're fighting against the devil in all the places that we, we just can't see him. So the only way that we can fight is that we have to have the sword. And if the bucklers out there is our armor bearer in front of us holding up the sword, he's protecting us from the fiery darts that are coming our way. We can't fight our battle ourselves. We need our God. And it says that he's our buckler. A couple things a buckler is. A buckler, he holds the shield. He wards off the fiery darts. He's the one out there that, that is keeping them from us. You know what? When it, if, there's not a one of us that are immune from the devil getting a hold of us. Right. Every one of us, every one of us, if we let down our guard, the devil gets an open door. Every one of us, if we're not in God's word, the devil has a door to come in. Every one of us, if we're not, if, if we're not listening to what God wants us to do, the devil can get a stronghold in there. We need to have God in front of us. We need to have God leading the way. We need to have God as that buckler that's right there taking care of the, taking the, the shots that are meant for us. Yeah. You know, I've been in situations where I can, I, I won't get into detail about it, but I left the church and uh, lots of lies were told about me. Lots of lies. And I got a phone call one day and said, do you know they're talking about you? I said, it's okay. It's okay. I said, they, and the worst part of it was is it wasn't the people of the church. It was the new pastor that came. Never met the guy before. But he was telling all kinds of lies about me. And uh, you know who defended me? Wasn't me. I wasn't going to. I'm going to tell you that it was God, and I'll tell you how I know that. Because it was the people of the community Whenever these lies started to be told, they said, that's not the person we know. Don't believe your lives. I could have gone and fought a battle. It wasn't worth it. But you know what? God took care of it. God took care of every aspect of it. Lies were told. Things were said that were not true. And I could have proved every one of them to not be true. All they had to do was look at my pocketbook. They had known I didn't take any money. They had known I didn't do this. I didn't do that. Wasn't me. You know what? God protected it. Years later, I went back there. My wife told me that I, I, I wanted to go back several times. She said, you can't go back until your heart's right. <laughs> 
that she knew I had gone in flesh. <laughs> but I went back, you know what? I had people walk up to me and said, we're sorry that we believe what was said. We're sorry. Would you forgive us? Who fought that battle? God did. God did. We need to let God fight our battles for us. We need to let God fight them. Because he'll take care of them the way they're supposed to be taken care of. If we fight the battle, man, we'll mess it up. And we may have to engage in the battle, but we need to have the right one leading us through the battle. Leading us through the battle. The next thing that David said here in verse number three was, in verse number two, I'm sorry. He's my buckler and the horn of my salvation. David knew where his salvation was at and he knew where it came from. The horn of salvation was the strength. You remember, remember whenever David was anointed, anointed king that when Samuel got there, he said to Jesse, he said, where are your sons? And they paraded them in front of him, one after another. He said, is, is there not another? God told me to come here, but he's also told me no to all these. Is there another? Well, we have one out. Keep it. Bring him in. And David got there and he took that oil. He took that oil and he poured it over his head. God had anointed him. God had anointed him. And David said, I know where the horn of my salvation's at. I know who it was that chose me. I have failed him and I have had problems and I have done things I should have never done. But I know who was the horn of my salvation. I know who is the one that anointed me. I know who was the one that gives me my strength. I know who it was. I know it, was, it wasn't just a man. It wasn't Samuel. It, Samuel's the one that was the instrument used, but it was God Amen. who anointed me. Every one of us, when we've come to our point of our salvation, God has anointed you. Your salvation is sealed you time of, at the time of your departure, you know you're going to heaven. God has anointed you, but have you accepted him as the one that anointed you? Have you accepted him as the one that is holding you up, as the one that's giving you your strength? Have you accepted him as the one that's your rock and your fortress and your deliverer? Have you accepted him that way? And after David said that, he said, and he is. My high tower. Well, I got excited when I started looking at what high tower was. And I guess the easiest way for us to understand what a high tower is, is and some of you have been there and, and, and seen some of those things, but in the middle of a forest somewhere, a lot of times you'll find a fire tower. What's that fire tower for? Well, they put someone in that fire tower that, look out, especially during the season of fires and so forth, they can look out and spot the very little inkling of a fire that might be miles away, but they're so high that they can see it before it turns into something devastating. Yeah. Think about it. 
is my high tower. He is elevated for security reasons. Think about it. He's up there high enough. He knows what's going on here and he knows what's going on over there and he knows what's going on over there and God can see it all. And he can look out in front of us. He knows what's going to happen in your life tomorrow and be glad you don't. Because you'd probably bury your head in the sand and say, oh, I can't face tomorrow. But God knows what it is and he's going, to get, he's going to prepare it for us. He's going to get us through it. He's going to help us with it because he's my high tower looking out and seeing what it is and helping me through it before it becomes devastating. He is my high tower. Now I want you to think about this. When he was, a, as being a high tower, he is also our stronghold in that high tower. And that high tower gives us protection in the fact that as he looks out and sees things, that it's our stronghold that he, we're warned of what's going on before it ever comes. He knows about it. You know, the good, you know the good thing about God knowing what my future is? I don't have to worry about it. You know, some of us worry about every little thing in our lives. We worry about what's going to happen tomorrow. Well, wait till tomorrow gets here. I was talking to someone the other day. They were fretting over what might happen when they went to the doctors three days from now. And I said, let me ask you a question. Can you change the results? Well, no. I said, can you make go away whatever's there? Well, no. I said, have you lost sleep over this whole deal? Well, yes. I said, why? Let me ask you this question. Is God in control? Or are you in control? You can't change it. But by prayer, God can. You can't change the results. But God can. And you know what? God can give you a peaceful night's sleep going through the hardest thing in your life if you give it to him. Let him take care of it. We worry about things all the time. We worry what's going to happen tomorrow. Now, I'll be honest with you. I'm one of those people. I go to sleep at night. And it doesn't matter what's going on. My wife gets irritated at me. Because I go to sleep at night. When it's time to go to bed, it's time to go to sleep. Now, I'm not saying I don't wake up through the night. And that irritates me waking up. But I go to sleep at night. I've been able to turn it off and turn it on. God's given me the ability that when I lay down at night, I can turn everything off. I can wake up in the morning and turn it back on and then go, oh, yeah, i got to face another day. But God's in control. He's our high tower. He's our refuge. He's the one that knows what's going on. Why should I worry about it? I need to be on my knees. I need to be in, my, in the book. I need to be talking to God. Because David went on here. And I, I want to read this whole passage one more time before we close. Verse number one says, I will love thee, O Lord, my strength. The Lord is my, think about it, rock. And my fortress, my deliverer, my God, my strength. In whom I will trust, my buckler, 
the horn of my salvation and my high tower. Verse three, I will call upon the Lord who is worthy, who is worthy. Think about that, worthy to be praised. So shall I be saved from my enemies. That's exactly what I just said about it. Why worrying about it? My God can take care of it. My God can take care of it. Verse number four, the sorrows of death compassed me. The floods of ungodly men made me afraid. The sorrows of hell compassed me about. The snares of death prevented me. Get to come back down to verse number six. In my distress. <laughs> In my distress. I called on the Lord. I cried unto my God. He heard my voice. You know what? God knows your voice. You've been talking to him. He knows your voice. He knows who you are. If you've been spending time with him, all I've got to do is, God, help. Lord, I've got problems. Help me. He knows my voice. He said he heard my voice. Out of his temple. And my cry came before him, even into his ears. You know, as I think about this verse, this whole passage of scripture, and 18 is, chapter number 18 is so full of so much more. But I can picture God and the Lord sitting right next to him in the throne room of heaven. And when we cry out, I know that voice. What do they need? I hear that voice. Oh boy, they're in trouble. But I'll help them. I can hear when David cried out. God said, He's been through it. Look at him, he's been running. Been having problems. But you know what? He still, he still listens. He still cries for me for help. He's one of mine. I think of Job and all the turmoil Job went through. All the heartache Job faced. There's not a worse person in this room that's faced the heartache that Job faced. The turmoil that Job faced. The lost, everything he had. But you know what? He still cried to God. Amen. I look at Moses as they started out across the wilderness. I shouldn't even say not even out of the wilderness, just out of Egypt. And they got to the Red Sea. <laughs> you think he was in trouble? Here comes the army of the Egyptians and here's, here he is standing at the water and said, what am I supposed to do? God, did you bring us out here to die? I don't think so. God said, put your hand, hold that rod up over that water. And he parted. He 
cried unto God. God heard him. I see Elijah how many times and Elisha both as they stood before God and God heard their prayer. Elijah on top of the mountain as he called down fire on the altar. God heard his prayer. Just a few short words and God brought the fire down and consumed it. Why? Because he, was, he knew that God was his rock. He knew God was his fortress, his deliverer, his buckler. God knew he was his horn of salvation. Or Elijah knew that God was his horn of salvation. He was his best friend. We need to make God our best friend. We've got friends. But God ought to be at the top of that list. I opened up tonight by saying, why is it that we choose our Bible and put it down low in category? Why is it we put prayer level in a category? Because God is not who we seek every day. We don't look at God as our rock. We don't look at God as our friend. We don't look at God as our buckler. We don't look at God as our high tower who's looking out and watching out for us every step of our life. Can you call out the God in your distress? And get a hold of him because he knows your voice. Because you've been spending time with him before that time came. David knew his God. David had problems. There's not a person here that can't raise your hand and say, I've got problems. I've disappointed God on the way. I've disappointed man on the way. I've, I, I've, I've been, I haven't been the person I ought to be. But I... No, my God. Can you get a hold of God? Can you cry to him in your distress? Do you know, do you know your God? We've sang some songs tonight. As we think about it. Who is God to you? We've sang some songs they talked about the majesty of God. We've talked about the wonderfulness of God. We sing them all the time. Some of us hum them during the day, but we don't even realize what we're singing. We haven't let it sink in. Who is your God? If your God is not as it is here in Psalms 18, if he's not those things to you, he really is not your God. You've placed someone else higher than him. We need to get a hold of God in such a way that we are close. He's our friend. We can call on him. If, if you're not going through trouble right now, you're going to. That's just part of this life. If you haven't had financial problems, you're going to. That's just part of this life. If you haven't had heartache, if you haven't had death in your family, you're going to. It's just part of life. I want to be able to be able to get a hold of the God they're all those things to me whenever I need him most of all that I can cry out and he hears me yes. and it comes into his ears and he knows what I need. Is he your rock? Our Heavenly Father, we thank you today. Lord, your word is so true. And Lord, we haven't even brushed the hem of the garment of who you are. But Lord, we know that David, in his problems, in his struggles, in his heartache, 
cried unto you and you heard his call. Lord, I pray that each one of us that we're able to cry unto you and let you take care of the need. Let you do what needs done. That, Lord, that we can have a testimony and that we can stand strong knowing that you are our God. Our Heavenly Father, we ask you tonight that you will just bless this time of invitation. Allow us to open our hearts and be willing to do whatever we need to to get our life back to where you are the number one in our life. We pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. Preacher. Amen. Let's stand if you will. We're going to sing number the altar of God, here's the opportunity tonight. Maybe you say, Brother Rainer, I'm not sure I'm saved. Well, then Brother Lane will be down front. Be glad to help you. Be glad to show you. Be glad to pray with you. Whatever the need is tonight, you come as we sing number 485. Amen. Have thine own Have his way is the Lord your high tower? Is he the one watching out for you or are you trying to do it yourself? Your deliverer? Mm. Are you calling like David called in the midst of trouble? sad part about being lost in the woods <clears throat> is you think you're going the right way. Mm-hmm. And you have one object when you, get, when you get in that place of distress. I got to get out of here. But you know what? It's like Brother Dan said, too often going the wrong way. Going the wrong way. And some of you guys that have been in the woods, you know, it's easy to get turned around, and especially in the middle of the night. Amen. Been coon hunting, bear hunting, get turned around. <laughs> it's no fun. You can walk miles, 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 and miles. Amen. Listen, spiritually, let's don't be that way. Let's just, hey, keep short accounts with God. If it's wrong, hey, confess it. If it's, hey, if you, if you need wisdom, ask God for it. Why? Because He's at high tower. He's the one up there watching. He sees it. He sees a little smoke. Huh? He sees it all. God bless you, brother. And thank you tonight. Amen. Now check out the table out there, if you will, and uh, pick up some of those books. Help brother Dan. He don't want to have to take them back home. You know, brother Dan, a humble share this morning, and you know, brother Dan doesn't want to have to carry all that mess back home. Amen.
So praise God. Y'all pick it up and help him out here tonight. Amen. Get, get a prayer card too while you're out there, all right, if you will. Father, we just love you. We thank you that we can call with the confidence and assurance that you're going to hear our call because you know our voice. Lord, I pray tonight you'll meet the need of each one that's in this room. Lord, the heartache, the troubles. Lord, the situations that seem hopeless and, Lord, with no answer. Lord, I pray that you'll just, Lord, help us to be people of prayer. And, Lord, speak in a special way and give us your confidence and your strength. And we'll love you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Amen. Amen. Praise God. That's good.